Welcome to Women Leading the Way Radio Show, where each time you'll hear from successful women CEOs, executives, and professionals, where we'll discover how they do what they do to be successful in business. We'll be interviewing women who have overcome big challenges, women who have incredible stories of lessons learned in dealing with adversity. We'll even interview women who have started and grown successful organizations and women who are C-level executives with unique talents and positions. Our goal is to bring successful businesswomen together to share how they're leading the way in business today. Welcome to Women Lead Radio, brought to you by Connected Women of Influence. I'm Lisa McNilly. My pronouns are she and her, and I'm your host for Spotlight on Recruiting. So our show today, Create a Stronger Culture Through Cognitive Inclusion. We want to stop the F word, stop hiring for culture fit, and start hiring for culture ad. And I'm so excited that we have our leading lady, Chelsea Lombroso, on the show today. Hi, Chelsea. Hi, Lisa. So I'm going to just give a little bit of brief information about Chelsea and just so that our our listeners can know how great you are and how impressive. So Chelsea is a leadership and Clifton Strengths coach. Uh, She's also Myers-Briggs certified practitioner. Um, Chelsea has been working with individuals, couples, and organizations for more than eight years through her organization, Chelsea Coaches You. Um, And I think, you know, before we even start, Chelsea, I think we need to just kind of give a definition of, you know, what is cognitive inclusion or, you know, cognitive diversity and inclusion. Um, So could you just start right there and just, you know, tell us what that is? Sure, yeah, it's such a such a grand phrase, grand word, but really when we break it down, it's simple. Uh, and I like to refer to it also as diversity of thought. I think that people can understand and comprehend that a little bit more as well. Um, but what that really means to me is making sure that we are hiring for and building a team uh, where we really have different viewpoints, uh, different thoughts, different ways of processing things just to be able to have a whole nother layer of diversity when it comes to building our team. So not only thinking of diversity in the terms of, um, you know, your ethnicity, race, gender identity, but now also including things like um, diversity of thought. Yeah, no, and I think it's so important. um, And that's, you know, why when um, I asked Chelsea if she would, you know, she honored me by being on the show is because I think one of the thing is, is, as organizations or just people in gender, general, we like to be around people who um, are similar to ourselves. So hiring leaders will recruit a lot of times in their own image. Um, so I think, you know, it's really important to address that bias. And I think it's been, you know, um, organizations understand the benefits of diversity and inclusion as it relates to, like, age, gender, ethnicity. But I don't think they're as aware um, that they're favoring people who think the same way as they do. And I yes. think, you know, that's why, like, this show and, you know, bringing awareness to it is so important. So, you know, I guess, um, you know, tell us, you know, and I, I guess at least this, this is the next question is, you know, why, you know, is it important that leaders need to know what their own personality style is and then also their style of those that they're working with? I, I mean, I think – the main answer to that question is what you just said, Lisa, is a lot of times we feel really comfortable and confident with people who are similar to us. 
And so we tend to gravitate towards those people. But if we know our own personality style as leaders, we can then build a team of people who maybe can have some of those weaknesses that we don't, you know, they have the strengths in the areas that we have those weaknesses. So we can build a very well-rounded team. Uh, we're starting to kind of drift away from an individual person being well-rounded, uh, the, the concept of subject matter experts and, you know, being very specific in what you're good at is now getting to be more popular. So if we view ourselves as really good at one thing, we might not be as good at a few other different types of things. So if we build a team of people who are different and everyone's good at their own unique item, we're going to build a really well-rounded team. So getting to know your own personality style is going to be really important to, you know, know what we do well, but more importantly and sometimes harder, know what we don't do as well and then build a team of people. Um, so knowing the style of the people that we're working with where we can really rely on their strengths. Yeah, no, I think that I think and you're right because I you've heard I've heard it a few times either from different leaders or just you know if you use the sports analogy, but you know if you can identify you know people's strengths and weaknesses you know in the past it used to be well if you have a weakness here we really need you to improve upon it, but you know with Clifton Strengths Finders you know they talk about hey we can identify your weakness and you can work on that as much as you want but you're never going to be really great at it. So I would rather you, let's take your strengths and work on those and make you amazing, right? Exactly, yes. And I'll share a few examples later, but there's been some really great success stories when it comes to, you know, uh, reducing conflict in the workplace and really making the workplace satisfaction much better if we work on what we already do well and focus on our strengths versus focusing on what we don't do well or our weaknesses. Yeah, so... Kelsey, how did you get started in this field? Because it's, it's a different, there's not a lot of, you know, people who, you know, like yourself that are certified, you know, with Myers-Briggs and Clifton Strengths Coach. So how did you get started? Yeah, so I got really lucky. Uh, I'm also the assistant director of a leadership center uh, at a local college. So I got really fortunate that through work, I was giving a lot of these presentations to our students and realized, okay, you know, we should definitely take the ethical route. If I'm presenting on the topics, there's ways to get trained to make sure I'm presenting the correct information. So I was able to take the Myers-Briggs certified, you know, become the certified practitioner, take the training, uh, same with Clifton Strengths, and was able to become the coach for that. And realized I love doing this work with students, and that's kind of where I started. But if we think back to, you know, the school that we've all been part of, a lot of times in school we don't, see the benefit or, you know, realize how great what we're getting uh, is to us. So I started branching out and doing it with uh, different companies, corporations, like more teams. A lot of this is about organizational behaviors and how we behave on a team. So I started to branch out and do it with teams, um, couples, and then also individuals. Uh, so that's really how I got started, just kind of was thrown into it as a passion I had at work. Uh, and then realized that the trainings were the way to go to make sure I was delivering the correct information. So I guess for people who may not know, and I probably maybe should have started with this, is, um, you know, can you just say, explain, like, what is Myers-Briggs for our listeners who may not know, and then also Clifton Strengths, what that is? Uh, thank you. <laughs> I oftentimes am so in my vocabulary that I'm like, everyone must know, but you're, you're so correct, Lisa. So Myers-Briggs, uh, when I start saying some of the 
buzzwords. I'm sure a lot of the listeners have heard of it, but it's the personality assessment got started way long ago with uh, rooted in psychology with Carl Jung. uh, And it, really shows that there's different personalities that people have. You can now take the inventory or assessment and figure out what your top personality style is. And it's the assessment where you figure out if you're extroverted or introverted, um, what type of information do you trust? Do you make your decisions with thinking versus feeling and how you organize your world? Uh, So you get a four-letter combination. For example, I'm ESFJ. Lisa, I think you told me you were ENFJ, right? Correct, yes. Yes, so very similar. But um, you get a four-letter combination, uh, and there's 16 different types. So there's a few free versions floating out there on the Internet. Of course, they're not as valid or reliable as the true assessment, but they've branded it as, like, 16 personalities because there's 16 different types that you can get. So it tells you your top personality style, how your letters all interact. So even if I'm um, extroverted, sensing, feeling and judging, which is ESFJ. And Lisa is very similar, just has the um, intuitive aspect versus the sensing aspect. We still are going to be really different because of how our letters combine and interact, which is where the magic happens when we do this with groups and teams. Um, So that's the the, um, Myers-Briggs assessment. And then the Clifton Strengths, which they, the Clifton Strengths company, Gallup, rebranded it as Clifton Strengths. We've heard it as Strengths Finders, things like that. Um, but that's an assessment that you can take, and it tells you, uh, it gives you a report out of 34 different strengths that you can get. The most common report that um, individuals will receive is their top five strengths. So then as a coach, I sit down with them say, these are your top five strengths. If we're working with a team, we see maybe some of the overlapping strengths that teams have, um, potentially some of the areas that we might not feel as strong in, and I help them rethink and reshape things. If these are the areas you feel like your team is lacking, how do we use the strengths that we have to make sure that we can fill in those gaps? Um, Or, of course, if I'm working with individuals, we just see how their strengths might benefit them in the workplace or help guide um, different jobs or positions that they might be interested in. I think it's such a great tool, especially, I know, you know, because we had, Chelsea and I have talked, you know, offline, obviously, and she's helped so many students, um, you know, just previously before even launching Chelsea Coaches You. And I think, you know, it's so great because, you know, from just the student aspect, I know for myself, like, you know, when I went into college, I didn't know what I wanted to do. I had no idea. Um, And I honestly Mm -hmm. didn't even know what my strengths were. So I think um, it's such a great, I mean, I know just for my own benefit what a great tool it is. Um, but, yes. you know, why don't you tell, you know, tell us, like, how has, you know, this tool to the assessments, you know, how have they benefited organizations that you've worked with in the past? Yeah, so when I was able to do it with corporate companies or, you know, just organizations in general, which during COVID was interesting, I was able to transition it all to Zoom and to be able to do it online. So don't let that that scare anyone if they're um, thinking that their company's still remote. But what I was able to see is that just knowing first the different personalities on the team, which as we mentioned is mostly the, the uh, Myers-Briggs assessment, the one where you find out extrovert, introvert, things like that, it really helps to decrease some of that workplace conflict, which as we all know, if that conflict arises, sometimes it takes over our work life and our productivity goes down, our retention rates go down, just our overall satisfaction of the workplace goes down. Uh, So really seeing 
some examples of successes is seeing the people on the team and giving them kind of this language or this quote-unquote proof that they maybe do have different working styles. Maybe that's why they don't naturally get along as easily or they get frustrated with each other. And then giving them some tips of how they can really start building that more cohesive team. So, for example, one of the tips that I love to share is a brainstorming session, which is so popular, you know, within this workplace setting of we all sit down, get a prompt, and have to brainstorm together. That really favors extroverts, which are people who think, you know, like to think and process out loud. They're really social. They get their energy from working with these other people. So in the brainstorming session, they, they're really quick to process as they're speaking out loud, and they feed off the energy of the others versus introverts on the team. They like this reflective time, more quiet time, the time to be able to process the question first and on their own, and then they like to start contributing. So both, you know, the end result is that everyone's contributing. The process to get there is just different. So when I worked with one team in particular who was having this really big divide of kind of an insider-outsider mentality, we realized that some people on the team were extroverts, and they were really frustrated with ultimately who ended up being the introverts because the introverts were perceived as never giving, never contributing to the team, you know, seeming disengaged, seeming disconnected from others, while in reality they were just taking that time to process on their own. And the introverts ended up being frustrated with the extroverts because they kind of were seen as bulldozing over the introverts and never letting them time to, giving them time to voice their own opinions. So once we realized this is just a personality difference, let's come up with some tangible takeaways that you can do as a team to make sure that both sides are, you know, appeased and both sides are happy in the moment. The, the company really said that they saw the difference and that not only were the ideas richer and the ideas were kind of better, the outcomes, but also the team cohesiveness, cohesion was much better along the way as well. Yeah, I know. That's really great. And I know, I mean, um, so obviously we know because I'm an ENFJ that I'm an extrovert, um, but mm-hmm. my son, my son is an introvert and it is his nightmare to be in a meeting where, you know, he's called out like without knowing and I think part of it is, you know, when, when this, because it, it, Myers-Briggs has been around, like you said, for a long time, um, and I know that I had taken it, you know, in several different organizations, and one of the things that, you know, they had taught us early on, and I'm not going to age myself, but it was like, mm-hmm. hey, if you're in a group and you notice that like, someone's not participating, you know, you should call on them, right? Yeah. So that they could feel like they have belonging, and that was kind of the training that we received, and now... You know, it's more to understand and whether it was bad training or just misinformed training. Um, now it's, hey, um, no, don't just call them out, but actually, you know, have, like you said, advanced questions like, you know, let's do this private brainstorm. Or if we're going to have a meeting, here's what the meeting topics are. And, hey, we're going to ask questions, and these are the questions and the answers that, you know, we want answers for these. to so give them time to actually think about it, right? Exactly, um, yeah. I argue that the training that you received was kind of the popular opinion in the moment, right? Yeah, we were told, you know, let's let's really make sure that we are including everyone, you know, call everyone in and, and let's kind of lean into this conversation that we have together. Uh, and 
the, the tide has kind of changed. So I think just staying up with these trends is definitely something that's important to me. Um, but yes, I, I mean, my, my biggest um, kind of shift a company can easily do with that is uh, the think pair share. So to appease both sides, you would give them time, you would give them the prompt beforehand, ideally far beforehand, if not even right at the beginning of the meeting, give them time to think about the prompt on their own. So that's the think portion. Pair is be able to pair in very small groups, maybe turn to the person next to you and start sharing, you know, start relaying the information you came up with. So that's the think pair. And then share is bringing it to the larger group. So I think by the time that we get to that share, think pair share, uh, it is okay if we kind of call people into the conversation because they've had that very, you know, low risk moment to already have processed the information. But yes, if we think of like a law school classroom setup where in, at least in the movies, you know, they just make it seem like you're gonna be called on no matter what, it's definitely the wrong and more intimidating environment. <laughs> well, and you know, and because our show's about recruiting um, and why I wanted to have this on here is because we had said, hey, you need to have awareness because I will just say in my own experience, um, I have had, you know, our hiring leaders where whether they're an introvert or an extrovert, um, yes. you know, if they place tremendous, so let's say it's an extrovert, for example, um, they place a lot of, um, I guess, uh, emphasis on rewarding like that charisma or that fast talking when mm -hmm. they're actually speaking with a candidate. And that is not why you're actually hiring this candidate, right? And that goes back to the culture fit versus culture ad, because we'll hear yeah. things like, you know, for example, um, I just don't see myself like them wanting to go and hang out after work. Okay, that right. has nothing to do with their skill set. It's that, that charisma that comes in place. And I think it's about, you know, making the unconscious bias actually conscious. And that's what, you know, this cognitive inclusion is all about. And, and the same could be said for, like, an introvert, which I've heard this too, is we have a hiring leader who's more of an introvert. They, they're interviewing an extrovert who um, is very talkative and, um, you know, I, this is probably a bad term, but, you know, they, this is what they said, bubbly. She came across really bubbly, and I just don't know if I can handle that in the workplace. <laughs> Right. Yes. Um, and again, it's it's a it's a bias, but it's that awareness is what's so important. And so, not only in like a team meeting, but just your interviewing as well, and why it's important. So, okay, well, don't be away. We're gonna um, have a sponsor break, uh, but when we come back, uh, Chelsea's gonna discuss with us how organizations can leverage these tools um, to really strengthen that culture and inclusion, um, and uh, maybe some action steps that you can implement immediately. Sounds good. Women Lead Radio is brought to you today by Connected Women of Influence and our partner, Microsoft. The Microsoft mission is to empower every person and organization on the planet to achieve more. Microsoft believes technology is a powerful force for good, and they're working to foster a sustainable future where everyone has access to the benefits and the opportunities created by technology. Microsoft believes technology can and should be a powerful force for good, and that meaningful innovation can and will contribute to a brighter world in big and small ways. So thank you for your support, Microsoft, and to all of our sponsors and our partners. And now, Lisa, back to your show. Thanks, Michelle. Okay, Chelsea, so we promised our listeners when we come back that we were going to talk about, you know, um, how you can use these tools or leverage these tools to increase 
you know, job satisfaction. And I know that you've had a lot of experience working with groups and organizations. Um, so can you share, you know, what that experience has been and then kind of what the results, um, you know, how that does increase the satisfaction and, you know, them having the ability to build um, better teams, whether it's just the teams they have or through hiring? Yeah, so a lot of times companies will hire me to come on as part of maybe a retreat um, or even with onboarding of new staff members to see how they can best fit within their team. I love both options because if it's a retreat, you know, a lot of times, yes, it's still a work day, but it tends to be, you know, surrounded by more fun and more of that professional development experience. And if it is with onboarding, it's great to show that your company right away is really caring about your fit and where you can make that impact or make that difference. Um, but really what I've seen different companies do, as I mentioned, is really just see these are the dynamics of our team, and I go over the goals with them of, well, what, what is your goal? Is your goal to increase productivity? Is it to see sales go up? Is it to really make sure that you're having higher retention of employees? Because it, it is expensive to recruit and it is expensive to train. So really, what is your goal as a company? And then how can we make sure that we can get your team there? Uh, and it, is, it seems so simple, and it is really just to use these different um, assessment tools to show the proof of what we can have your team do currently and what we can have them do better. Uh, so what I've done with the teams before is I've done individually the Myers-Briggs, I've done individually the Clifton Strengths, but my favorite, um, which I've done with a few companies as well, uh, is doing them both together. And doing the Myers-Briggs and Clifton Strengths together is great because not only do we learn about ourselves through the Myers-Briggs, but then we also see how can we put our best foot forward, how can we show, kind of show off who we are, which is with the Clifton Strengths Assessment. So with the companies, that's kind of what I'm able to do with them. Some of the big results that I've seen is that shift in mindset of seeing the value that you have, the value that you can bring to your team. Um, when I'm working with supervisors or the C-level people, I'm able to kind of show them this is how you can – really utilize who is already on your team to the best of their ability uh, and really make them see you as someone who's really personable as well. So those are kind of the main main areas that I've been able to see this, this work and kind of see some of those successes happen. Oh, that's really great. Well, I think, you know, the one thing is, um, you know, so, you know, because I think, you know, it's just even as colleagues, right, I mean, you kind of gravitate towards the people who think and express the same way that you do, right? Um, yeah. And so, and then what ends up happening is that you end up with, like, like-minded teams. Um, but if you, I mean, what are some of the steps, you know, the opportunity, I guess, to kind of strengthen to get that input from people who think differently? Um, you know, because I, because one of the things I can think of is, you know, if you're in a meeting, you kind of end up with that group think mentality or, mm -hmm. you know, the lar largest, you know, the largest um, title in the room basically gets the last say. Um, are there strategies that you teach these teams on, you know, how they can encourage people who maybe would not speak up to speak up? Yeah, so one of my favorite things that we can do, uh, and a lot of times the teams don't like it at first, but then they see the value afterwards, is almost make forced teams, right? So if we are trying to come up with a problem, uh, a solution for a problem, instead of just saying, you know, 
pair with whoever, work with the teams that you typically work with, which, Lisa, as you just mentioned, tends to be the people that we feel most comfortable with or are most similar to us. If we give everyone the assessment and actually pair people with people who are different from them, a lot of times at the, in the beginning, you know, they have to really be intentional with their words and really try to figure out how can we make this cohesive, how can we make this work. Uh, but ultimately, in the end, they're able to see the benefit of doing that because we're able to mix up the thought process as you keep, you know, emphasizing the importance of. Uh, and even bringing it back to, as you mentioned, it being with a recruiting tool, you know, we have to be a little careful because we never want to discriminate by hiring or not hiring someone just based off their personality. Of course, these shouldn't solely be used as those recruiting tools. But, you know, right, really being right. Let's emphasize that again. Let's emphasize that yes. one more time. <laughs> yes, exactly. So never use it as a discriminatory tool when we're when we're um, hiring or recruiting. But that's why I love it as that onboarding process. So once the person's there, now let's see how we can make sure that you have that proper company fit. Um, so that's what I love to do is kind of mix up the teams, even if we have very specific you know, work teams that we always work with, you know, oftentimes we're on a team, even if we mix it up and really get that more creative person with the more logical person, with the person that loves the, the logistical details, that's where we're going to really be able to see, see that positive um, benefit come and really be able to eliminate or at least decrease some of that group think. And then the, you mentioned titles, and that's, that's a really – um, hot topic kind of of uh, the hierarchy, you know, the person with the, the biggest title, we're all just going to kind of become yes people towards them. So other items I like to do is just give uh, responses anonymously. So as a facilitator towards some of these, I'll have people kind of write in their responses without their titles or, you know, without saying who it is. And I'll be able to read those off and have the group you know, think of some of the pros, cons, like kind of do the SWOT analysis. So strengths, weaknesses, opportunities, and threats of this decision. Uh, and then afterwards, we kind of do the grand reveal of who came up with, with the decision. And sometimes it is the person with the highest title, and sometimes the team's surprised that it's someone, you know, wow, this person's never really spoken up or given their opinion on this before. So really making something anonymous, you know, to the overall group can be helpful, too. I love that. I love that. And, you know, and the thing is, is you know, for um, – because diversity and inclusion in recruiting is so important. Um, it's always been important, but I think there's been, you know, a lot more emphasis put on it, obviously, within things that have happened within the past year with the Black Lives Matter and everything. But, um, you know, I think for – so what you're seeing is a lot of times now they're, they're bringing their candidates on, and they're going to have this diverse candidate or this diverse panel to interview these candidates. Um, and so, and it's generally, it's going to be, you know, the race, age, you know, um, gender mm -hmm. type of panel, but also thinking about let's do, you know, cognitive different thinking styles. And I love the anonymous. So as they're giving their feedback, it's anonymous because again, you have that kind of the same thing because it's, you know, you've got your hiring leaders and then, you know, colleagues and manage, you know, you have a, a different team there, but being able to hear that information from everyone without having that hierarchy. So I love that idea. I think that's a great idea. Yeah, and that's sometimes the benefit of bringing in an external person. You know, a lot of times companies have internal professional development or leadership teams or, you know, the supervisors, like, I can do this, I can lead this. And, and oftentimes we see success with that. But oftentimes, just like what we're saying, 
you know, if you want that level, you know, of removing names and not knowing who it is, and then you're literally submitting your your suggestions to your supervisor, that can definitely put up another barrier. So having someone external come in can really be a huge benefit to the group. Yeah, no, I, I can see that um, completely. Um, and so, and with that, um, how can our listeners reach out to you if they are interested in learning more, Chelsea? Oh, yes. I would love to connect with anyone who's interested. Um, you can email me directly at chelseacoachesu at gmail.com or go to my website, chelseacoachesu.com. And I do free consultation calls if you want to see if this might be of interest. I have some free resources and can give out, um, can administer the assessments to anyone who might be interested in figuring out their personality style through Myers-Briggs or their top strengths through Clifton uh, the Clifton Strengths Assessment. Uh, so just ChelseaCoachesU.com or at gmail.com. That's great. And if anyone missed that, um, you can also find Chelsea's contact information. It will be on our show page, which is found on Connected Women of Influence um, website under Women Lead Radio, and then, of course, under my name, the host, Lisa McNeely. Um, so, Chelsea, um, thank you so much for being our leading lady today and sharing your insights. Um, it's I, I, we could, I mean, we could continue. We have so much more information mm-hmm. that we can talk about that I may have you have to have you come back if you would be willing to do that. Um, yes, that's awesome, awesome. <laughs> um, so, you know, and I, I think, you know, the one of the things that before is, you know, it's just, again, and I just, it's a repeat, but it's so important for people to understand that there are just different personality traits and different strengths. Um, And I appreciate you taking the time, you know, to talk about the tools and, you know, that there's things out there that people can use or leaders can use to just create awareness for just themselves and then also their team. Um, And uh, I think I'm going to totally steal your quote because I think the the first time Chelsea and I spoke, this is what she told me. So, Chelsea, I'm going to give you the credit, but I'm going to say it. (laughs) <laughs> so she said, diversity of thought is when magic happens with people different from us. You need to hire and maximize their strengths. Did I, did I get that right? <laughs> like, wow, that sounds great. <laughs> Words of wisdom from us. <laughs> Yeah, perfect, perfect. Well, I want to give a special thanks to all of our listeners, both in the U.S. and internationally. We'll be back for another Women Lead Radio Show each Monday at 9 a.m. Pacific and Friday at 2 p.m. Pacific. Thanks, everyone, for listening, and have a great week. Women Leading the Way is produced by Connected Women of Influence, the premier private membership organization where like-focused, business-to-business, executive and professional women connect, collaborate, and cultivate a vast network of high-level affiliations, resources, and professional relationships. For more information about Connected Women of Influence, please visit our website at connectedwomenofinfluence.com.